This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. The Lord blessed my family uh, 10 plus years ago. Uh, Eric came into our lives and he uh, was really blessed to get to marry my daughter and and my daughter's very blessed to be married to him. I, I did send a Father's Day text to your dad, and hats off to his dad because his dad and his mom did a wonderful job uh, raising him. I tell this to parents, and if I meet your parents, if I had the blessing to do so, I would tell them they did a good job because I think you're awesome, but you did not raise yourself. And so uh, you weren't raised by wolves. You were raised by parents that took uh, at least a good care of you as much as they could, and told you a no and yes, but mostly no, and that's out of love. So thank you uh, to all the parents out there. Anyway, so Eric's dad was awesome, and then Eric uh, came into our life, and he's uh, continually grown in his journey with Jesus and loves the Lord, and, and we're just really blessed, and I think he does a great job serving here in our church. And so I asked him a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, if he would be Consider preaching for us on Father's Day. I think he's a great dad. And uh, so let's give Eric a nice warm welcome. Good morning. Um, my awesome wife, she was like, if, if you do bad, don't bother coming home. Or I was going to go. <laughs> Oh, that's my least humor. I do want to say uh, thank you to my father-in-law. I agree 100% with everything that you said. I'm very thankful to my dad. Hopefully he watches this or listens to this at some point. But the Lord really just blessed me, right? What, what my father began to instill in me um, as I then went away to college, uh, the Lord blessed me with another father who continued to, you know, just pour into me and, and uh, love me and um, just be an awesome example. So thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. Love you guys. I'm just going to open up in uh, prayer. Uh, Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for the opportunity to just be here with my brothers and sisters. And I would just ask, Lord, that everything that we may do may just be to your glory and to your honor, Father. Um, it's not about me. It wasn't about the worship team, Lord. It was about glorifying our Heavenly Father. And right now, Lord, I pray that you may fill me with your Holy Spirit and that I may just walk in obedience and that I may be the first one to be challenged by these words and that it may all be for you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. It doesn't get easier. It's still a little nerve-wracking. Okay. Um, I do want to take this time, I felt just as I was preparing, to acknowledge that a day like today isn't necessarily always uh, easy for everyone. I know some of us, maybe we've um, lost a father recently, or maybe we don't have a great relationship with our father, or maybe we wanted to be a father and that just never uh, was in the plans for us. And, and I don't want to gloss over um, if today's a difficult day for you. And I was really encouraged by the word or the name of God that Hagar gives to God in Genesis. She says, El Roy, the God who sees me. And when she was in a, a time of pain and confusion 
and sadness and despair and depression, everything she was going through, uh, she was met with, the, with, with our Heavenly Father and she said, you are the God who sees me. So if today is a difficult day for you, I want you to be encouraged. I want you to feel loved because we have a God who sees you. He sees you where you're at and he wants to embrace you and love you and know that you are his child and you are worthy and you are beautiful and you are awesome. Um, so I have, I have a pictures and shout out to Britain for being awesome, leading the PowerPoints. You're the best, Britain. thank you. Um, so there's three pictures. In the middle picture, that is me and Solara. Uh, I am 23 years old. Today is actually uh, Solara's eighth birthday, which means that I've been a father for eight years, which is pretty crazy to think. And I've been so blessed to have that opportunity to be a father. But I remember very clearly um, when uh, there was a moment that I was holding Solara, and this is after you know, the, the 12 hours of, of labor and all the things, and my wife being just awesome and just amazing. Uh, I remember holding Solara, and I was really just taken back by the idea that uh, my savior was once a child. Like we've, like, I've always known that, right? We talk about, you know, um, Jesus being born in a manger and, and all these things, but to actually hold Solara and feel the fragility of life and to see just how completely dependent she was of, you know, Melise. I wasn't really helping at all, but uh, can be dependent of Melise and, and just unable to provide for herself. It really just began to, uh, work in my heart just how much the Lord loved me that he didn't just come to this earth as a full grown, you know, um, fully capable man, but he uh, basically the, the lowest form that he could take as a human, right? Completely dependent. Um, he did that for us and just lived that life and went through all those things for us. And, and in that moment, just like this, this appreciation and this new understanding of, of God's love for me and love for us. And then the pictures on either side, on one of them, uh, I mean, both of them, we're smiling, but we, we don't know what's about to happen to our lives. Uh, so we have twins. So Solara just turned eight. The twins just turned six on Wednesday. So in the picture where all, th all three kids are there, Solara is one, right? Solara's one, and then we have twins. And start to finish, uh, it, was, it was scary. Again, Melise was awesome. Um, Ellie put us through a, a little scare, and she still kind of does that from time to time. Love our Ellie girl. Um, but there I am, you know, one with my, with my wife and Melise, and the other one with all three kids. And I remember in that moment, kind of going uh, through being a, a father of three and um, really just trying my best to support Maylise because she was a rock star. Lots of sleepless nights and just, uh, why God? Uh, and I, don't, I know it sounds funny, but there was, it was, there was a very real moment in my life in, in, in our living room where um, those words definitely escaped my lips, but God has been good and faithful, just how we've been singing all throughout worship. And I remember really being struck 
by this um, overwhelming weight. So with the twins, with Solara, I was faced with the reality that one day my life might make it easier or it could even make it more difficult for my kids to see God, to see Yahweh as a loving father. So I'm gonna just say that one more time for myself. I realized that one day my life, the way I live my life, is either going to make it easier for my kids to see God as a loving father, or maybe it's gonna make it more difficult, right? If I don't love them unconditionally, if I'm not there for them, then when they're old enough to make their own decisions about following Christ and the gospel's presented to them and they say, hey, you have a, a father in heaven who loves you and cares for you and died on the cross for you, are they gonna be able to understand or at least have a glimpse of that love? Obviously, I can't completely love them the way that God loves them, but will my life make it clearer for them? Will my life help them to grasp, better grasp that concept, or will my life be a stumbling block to my kids? Now it's heavy, it still is heavy. And it's not just to my kids, right? It's to uh, my wife, you know, eventually my kids are gonna have friends over their house and it's to them as well. You know, I, um, I so I've been with the Solaris for a while now. And I remember when I first started dating Maylis, the boys were still in middle school and high school and they constantly had friends over and they would spend the night and it was just like the Solari home was a place to be. And, and those friends that were coming over, right, they were also being impacted by the example that um, Mario and Robin were putting forward as, as, you know, husband and wife, as mother and father. And I truly believe that the way that they loved their kids and the way that they loved their kids' friends blessed their friends and helps, helps them to better understand the love that God has for us. So with this truth that kind of hit me like a ton of bricks, uh, I felt like there's really two main ways that it can go, maybe three, but I'm gonna focus on two, right? I think there's one way that it can go down, right? I can take that, that um, information and I can think to myself, well, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be like God and, and you know, I'm supposed to rule with an iron fist and, and I could become this distant tyrant father that is nothing like the God of scripture. And I was so blessed by the worship team because I just felt an emphasis on God being the same. And Joanne was talking about it, Old Testament, New Testament, God is the same. And I was even thinking like how good that is, right? If I were to say, uh, I am the same Eric I was 10 years ago. That's not a, that would not be a good thing. But to say that God is the same God from the beginning of time to now, that is a good thing, because he's a good father. Right, so I could be filled with, with this boastfulness and pride and, and maybe uh, just completely take this in the wrong direction. And, and we've seen this, right? We've seen this in, in um, it played out in other people's lives. We've seen this, you know, uh, family have kind of been watching this show that talks about a different group of believers, right? And we've kind of seen how the men in that community have taken on this kind of like tyrant view of we're supposed to be the, 
these gods or these examples of God that just rule over everything. Or there's another way that it can go down, right? The gravity of this truth can hopefully draw us near to Christ in humility and saying, Lord, I need you. I need you. If I'm gonna live a life that makes it easier for my kids to love you, if I'm gonna live a life that's going to point my kids to Jesus, then Lord, I need you. And I'm gonna say, I'm gonna be speaking a lot to the fathers, but I I truly believe that there's um, something in here for all of us. You know, if if you're not a father, there's still gonna be people in your life that look at you as an example of God's love. Um, or, or I pray that maybe for some of us, it's just a reminder of how good our father is, just how we started in, in worship. So as I'm thinking about the gravity of this and saying, Christ, I need you, um, I immediately begin to think of just how blessed I have been by different father figures in my life. You know, my dad, if, if you know my dad, uh, if you know my family dynamic, um, when, when my dad met my mom, she, she had just come out of a, an abusive marriage and she had two boys that she was raising on her own. Um, and my father came in and, and, and took them in and loved my mom and loved my brothers. And, and you know, to this day that, that there's never been a stepbrother this, stepfather that, because the way he loved them and continued and has continued to love them. Uh, my father-in-law, how I said before, just how he's, he's been such a great dad. And um, can we just talk about how rare it is, right? Uh, we, we look at the church, okay, and we got his oldest daughters here, his son is here, his daughter-in-law is just worshiping. His daughter-in-law is in the back serving. His son is downstairs. Um, and that is such a testament to the way that he's been able to um, love his kids and love others and most importantly, just love God and, and how blessed we all are by that. Uh, my brothers, been blessed by them. Um, so thankful for them. Micah, I have been so blessed and encouraged and just in awe of having the opportunity to see you grow as a father and as a husband, and it's really encouraged me. Most importantly, I really want to look at scripture, right? Because the Lord blesses us with so many great examples of fathers in our lives. And I've got great friends, Bryce and Michael, who are awesome fathers. But the Lord also blesses us with his living word where we can see his character as a father. So as I was preparing, I really, uh, the Lord brought me to Psalm 103 and if it was in the same spirit of, of Pastor Mario sharing Psalm 96. And we see here a hymn of praise. So David is praising God for his goodness, for his character. He's praising God um, as a father, as a savior. So as I, was look, as I was reading through Psalms 103 and I've been reading it all week and reading it and reading it, not only was I grateful for God like David was, but then I was also challenged to, to model this, right? How can I be this to my kids, to my wife, right? Because 
I'm, I'm setting an example. So I'm gonna start in Psalm 103. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases. And, and, I, was, and I was struck by that, right? Because I want my kids to feel an overwhelming sense of forgiveness that when they do something wrong because, you know, that's life and that's kids, uh, this morning was a struggle. I, I want them to know that I forgive them. I want them to know that I forgive them for anything that they might do. Who heals all your diseases. We're not just talking about physical healing, right? We're talking about, you know, it, it, it was saying in the, um, in, in my study Bible that it also represents a metaphor for restoring moral and spiritual life. So as a father, can I, can I bring physical healing to my kids, right? Or am I just, you know, rolling over and telling me at least to go deal with the kids at night? A lot of times that tends to be the, the common uh, perception, right? The, the mother is the caregiver. She hands out the medicine and all those things. And we're so, and we're blessed by so many awesome Mothers, but at the same time, as a father, can I support my wife? And can I also be the tender care that my kids might need when they're feeling sick? Can I also bring restoration when there might be moral issues? When there might be spiritual issues, can I bring healing to my kids, to those around me, to my friends, to my family? It keeps going in verse four, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, right? Do my, do my children, does my wife know, do my friends know that I, I love them with steadfast, unconditional love? I, I remember a couple years ago, we did a panel and uh, Ross was talking about how as a father, he really wants his kids to know that he loves them no matter what, that it's not gonna be performative based, right? That, He's not gonna tell his kids when they get an A, I love you, but then not mention any other time or just say, I'm proud of you when you do this. But even in moments when, when they might have not done something great, and I was challenged by that. And to this day, I try to, even when I'm, when I'm you know, reprimanding Ellie or Salah or Emmett, I try to say, you know, I'm, you know I, it was not right what you did, but I want you to know that I still love you. That doesn't change that. That's what we see here. We crown, he crowns us with steadfast love and mercy. And if you need that today, I pray that over you, that you may feel that your heavenly Father is crowning you with steadfast love and mercy. Am I showing mercy? It says, who, satisf who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. While we talk about all the time how his presence is our reward. If I'm trying to be more like Christ, is my presence a reward? Right? At all times. When I come home from work and it's been an ex exhausting day, is my presence still a reward? Or is it like, oh snap, dad just came through the door and we could tell something's off. To those around me, is my presence going to be a reward? And I'm, talk I'm talking about presence, I'm talking about being fully there in the moment. Right, it's easy to be there, but not there, right? To be there, but not be present but is our presence renewing those around us? 
says, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. So thankful for the opportunity to fill the backpacks. The, you know, the, the church gave us an opportunity to model that for our families, to model that for our friends, that we are going to, to hopefully, you know, bless those who might be oppressed for whatever reason it might be. It says he made known his ways to Moses, and that talks about God's character, right? So Moses and the Israelites knew God because of his steadfast character. What does my character say about me? What does my character say about the God that I love and serve? The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Again, the steadfast love. Am I slow to anger? He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. So I had to look up the word chide, right? But it has to, it has to deal with like scolding, right? I mean, am I gonna be one of those dads that's constantly scolding my kids and maybe not feeling, and as a result, they're not feeling like they're enough? Right? But thankfully, God doesn't do that with us, right? He restores us. He lets us know that we're enough because of what he did. Nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children. Right, so Emmett, Eli, Solara, they might read Psalm 103 one day. And when they says, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who hear him. Will they be able to say, my dad showed compassion to me? Because if they do, I think, I, I think this is gonna help it. That verse is gonna ring true, right? This Psalm is gonna ring true. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. That's perspective there, right? He knows us. He knows that we are broken. Right? A lot of times we expect things from our kids that we don't do ourselves. We want our kids to be resilient, but then something doesn't go our way and we have a temper tantrum. It might look different. We might not stomp and cry, but... You know what I'm talking about, but do we have the perspective to know our kids, to know the people around us are broken, to know that the people around us are made in the image of Christ? That changes everything. It says, for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field, for the wind passes over it and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children. There's a promise there, right? That gets passed down. So those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. What just a powerful psalm, a hymn praising a good father. And what a beautiful depiction of what we as fathers and as believers should be to those around us.
So like I said before, when we're, when we're looking at how to be, how to reflect the character of God, because um, that's hopefully that's what we're all trying to do, fathers, mothers, wives, husbands, you know, doctors, insurance people, teachers, right? As we're trying to reflect the character of God, this, we, we want to go back to scripture, right? The, the, the Lord has given us his living word that as we become doers of his words, not just hearers of his words, it says in James, we're becoming more like him. So that's always gonna be the focus, right? In Mosaic Church, that's what we're gonna talk about. We're always gonna try and point you to God. We're gonna point you to his word. But I do wanna share with you, um, it's called Five Enhancements to Finishing Well. And this is not mine at all. A couple years ago, I, I did like a leadership course through um, Chi Alpha, and we read this book called The Making of a Leader. And it, it was set out to, because the, the author, Dr. Robert Clinton, he saw that few leaders, specifically in ministry, and if we're here, if we're following Christ, we're all in ministry, right? We all gotta be in the, in the business of, of, of discipleship and disciple making. This applies to all of us. It says few leaders in ministry finish, right? So they might drop out or they might just, you know, throw their hands up and give up. And even fewer finish well. So I think of, you know, this, these past couple years, um, our family has lost two great leaders. You know, we lost, um, we lost Papito and we lost uh, Papa. But if you had a chance to go to their, um, their you know, viewings, you, you left there knowing that they finished well. Because the way people spoke about them, it was, it was kind of, it constantly came up. They loved God and they loved people. They loved God and they loved people. So when I look at those two men that have gone before me, look at you know, my father and my father also here in front of me, um, I wanna finish well. I wanna finish well for my wife. I wanna finish well for my kids. I wanna finish well for the kingdom. I wanna finish well. So Dr. Clinton did a study of 1,300 leaders, 50 biblical leaders, 100 historical leaders, and then the rest of them were like contemporary leaders. And he found that all these leaders that were deemed to finish well um, had at least four of these five characteristics. I'm gonna share them with you, start to wrap up. One, perspective. Right, we need perspective as leaders. We need perspective as believers, as Christians, as we're leading people to Christ to see beyond what's in front of us. We need perspective to to see people how God sees them. You know, just a thing on perspective, like a, a month or two ago, um, again, if you know my family, my kids don't eat. I love them, but they don't eat. It's stressful. Um, Ellie was not eating. And this, this literally goes back to when she was born. She was not eating, and there was a big scare in the hospital. Um, and I remember just getting angry and frustrated. And I was like, sit down. You're not going to move from there till you eat. I think we had friends over at the time and you know, we were in the pool and she was sitting down. And Remain Lise, um, you, know, you weren't kidding myself, I'm very blessed to, to have married your daughter. 
um, she pulled me aside and she said, listen, I understand how you're feeling, but we need to be careful how we handle this, right? Because we don't want to begin to create a, um, I forgot the, an unhealthy relationship with food, right? We don't want her to grow up and have this negative interaction with food. And I was just like, I like that one gif, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and that was just a perspective that I did not have, right? Maylise had the wisdom to, to look past right then and there and see the big picture. And we need that, right? We need to ask the Holy Spirit to give us perspective, right? To see beyond what's in front of us, to see people how he sees them, to see situations how he sees them. Lord, what do you want me to learn from this? How do you want me to serve in this? How do you want me to love? And sometimes he's gonna send people in our lives to provide that perspective. Now we're gonna be humble enough to listen. The second thing that he, uh, Dr. Clinton talks about is renewal. He says, as leaders, we need to seek, expect, and welcome moments of renewal from God and his Holy Spirit. He talks about how usually, at least in Western society, mid-30s, mid-40s, early 50s, you know, leaders begin to go through um, maybe lulls or they plateau. Maybe we plateau in our relationship with Christ. Maybe we plateau in our in our relationship with our friends, our marriages, our jobs. We need to seek renewal from the Holy Spirit that we can finish well. Three, disciplines. It says leaders that finish well are disciplined, spiritually disciplined, physically disciplined, financially, emotionally are we disciplined in, in, the, in the act of repenting? Are we disciplined in the act of forgiveness? Shout out to Hermana Diana. You've been following her journey. It's been such an encouragement. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. She has been so disciplined in her health journey. And, you know, some things stay true throughout the test of discipline, right? Austin was talking about it last week, you know, discipline, the fundamentals, right? When the emotions leave, when we're worn out, right, we go back to our disciplines. We go back to our fundamentals. So are we going to be disciplined spiritually? It's got to be disciplined spiritually, physically, in all areas. So in moments when we lose heart or when things get tough, right, we revert back to those disciplines. Four, leaders that finish well. I'm going to say believers that finish well. Let's change it from leaders. Believers that finish well maintain a learning posture throughout their entire life. It's easy to get to a point, right? I've only been a father for eight years, but it would be very easy for me to maybe think, right, I can't learn anything from Micah, right? He's been a father for three years. Three years? Three years. You put up a two. Oh, three awesome years. Right? It'd be easy for me to think that maybe I can't learn from someone who's not a father or who's not, um, you know, married. But I, I think that's the, that's the opposite of the posture that the Lord wants us to take. He wants us to take a posture of humility, knowing that we can learn from anyone. You know, so, so even as we get older, do we continue to study the Bible? Fathers, are we reading 
Are we reading scripture? Are we reading books to help us grow? Are we avoiding echo chambers? All right, when's the last time you read a book by someone that didn't look like you? When's the last time you read a book maybe written by a woman? Right? We, we, we love diversity here because we know that God has, has created kingdom diversity for a purpose so we can learn from each other and so we can encourage one another. So are we in a posture of learning where we can where we be humble enough to say that, you know, Lord, speak to us. Speak to us through your word. Speak through us to our brothers and sisters. Speak to us through, through books so we can continue to stay in that spirit. And number five, believers or leaders that finish well. They have mentors, or maybe we could say they participate in discipleship. Are there people in our lives that can offer wisdom? Are there people in our lives that we go to where we could, um, you know, when we need help? Are, are we willing to, to ask for help? You know, I was very blessed, uh, uh, maybe a year ago now, um, you know, Daniel just came up to some of us. Uh, Daniel Farrell, love you, dude. He came up to some of us, and he's like, hey, can you just pray for me? You know, that, that, that takes a, a, an amount of courage and humility and, and, and desire to finish well that we all need to have. You know, I'm gonna say it again. We have fathers in this church that are, that have, that are doing well, right? We have Pastor Mario, man, John Milton over here, right? His family's here. His son is serving the Lord. These are the people we need to be going to Right, you've been there, and throughout different seasons of our life, right, we need different mentors, but are we gonna be in a posture of learning? Are we gonna take advantage of those beautiful resources that we have in front of us? So I'm gonna, uh, I said I was gonna end, that was a while ago. All right, um, but as I do end, you know, I want to specifically speak to the fathers. Right? It's not enough to simply be providers. And if we're being honest, that's never been enough. And I think a while ago, not so much now, but I think a while ago, you know, we fell into this idea that we just had to go and provide and that was enough. But thankfully, our Heavenly Father doesn't stop at just providing, right? He doesn't just provide for us our physical needs, but emotionally, but He loves us. And He's, and, and he's there to, to let us know when, when, you know, there needs to be maybe a correction or, or um, when we're not being righteous. So our challenge for fathers and for everyone and my challenge for me for a while now has been that we need to live a life that draws people to Christ, that helps others see Christ more clearly. So my prayer is that as we aim 